Aloha, and welcome to another episode of the Finding Ohana podcast. I'm your host, Ross Chun, and I'm here in Aliso Viejo in the Honda Studios with my COVID rescue dog, Buddy. And today, we're talking with Richard Hurt, local volunteer, library champion, resident of Aliso Viejo, and member of the Aliso Viejo City Council. And Richard's going to talk to us about how he came to live in this great city, the work he's doing with our local schools, and how he's supporting adolescent mental health. Richard's also going to talk about his proclamation for Black History Month. Hey, Ross, how you doing? Hey, Richard. Thanks so much for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, uh, I really want to uh, welcome you to the Finding Ohana podcast. And, and just let you know, I know how busy you are especially since you and I keep crossing paths. So this is a, this is a, a, a great occasion um, to talk and to get to know you a little bit better. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It is a busy time of the year, but, yeah, you and I seem to always be in the same place at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a busy time of year because, uh, because of your profession, correct? Yes, yes. It is tax season, so my wife and I are hunkered down and, Working on taxes and all the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, um, uh, and, and I guess we'll, we'll get to uh, a little bit more about your family and, and you and your wife. Um, but maybe we could just uh, just start out by um, asking you, how did you come to live here in Aliso Viejo? Where did, you, where did you grow up? And maybe you can tell us a little bit about your family. Oh, sure. So I was... And I'll try to make a long, long story short, but I, I was born <laughs> born in Monterey, California. Um, so I grew up, um, you know, next to the coast, the beach, and I ended up there. Um, my grandfather was in the military. He was in the Army for over 20 years, and he retired in Fort Ord, uh, California. So it's right in right in the Mon- on Monterey County right there. So, of course, my mom, my auntie, my uncle, everybody went to school there. Uh, so... That's where I was born, and my grandfather and they spent my grandfather and my grandmother spent over over thirty years there right there in Monterey, California, so um love them to death, but yeah, and let's see me coming to aliso i I grew up there, and then my mom actually moved to Arkansas when she so i I was born in eighty seven my dad um and my mom split up, and my mom remarried and Stepdad, he was in the military as well. He was in the army, and he had family in Arkansas, and she moved there. And so, we were in Arkansas. I graduated from high school in Arkansas, came back to California, <laughs> went to college at California Baptist University, and took a couple jobs with the Economic Development Agency there in Riverside, and um, an accountant at the Sheriff's Department. Took a promotion shortly after that, and then. Took a job with Kia Motors of America, which is in Irvine, right off the five there. And that was the start of my moving to Aliso Viejo, because once I was living in Riverside, and once you spend two or three hours on the 91, you decide immediately either you're getting a new route or you're going to move. So I decided <laughs> I was moving. <laughs> I was like, I, I have to, I can't sit in this traffic every day. So I definitely moved and I've been in Aliso here for, I think, going on seven years or a little over seven years. So, yeah. So, so boy, I, I have to ask you this. I didn't think about this before, but um, what year, so Kia Motors was a client of mine 
for nine years, uh, I worked for an advertising agency. So I was in and out of their offices all the time. Now I'm trying to think if maybe we might even have crossed paths. When, when were you at Kia? Oh, man, specific dates. Let's see. Or just the year. <sighs> um, the year, I believe, I'm trying to think back. So Kia was, ah, uh, man, um, goodness. I'm trying to think back. I Let's see. Graduated 2009. That's four years. So 2009, 13, probably around 2014, 2015. Yeah, around then. Yeah. It's a long time ago, Ross. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm getting old. So it, it, yeah, it was about, it's a few years ago for sure. <laughs> sadly, I actually had them as a client well before then. So maybe that was a long time ago for you, but uh, <laughs> no, we did not cross paths. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing is you, you talk about being born in Monterey and there is there is such a uh, to me anyway, and to people from Southern California, there is really a noticeable difference in um, growing up at the beach in a beach community at the Central Coast versus Southern California, yeah. um, not just the, not just ge- geographically, but uh, the, the, the sort of the, the tone and and um, style and uh, interests of people in Southern California is really different than when you go to Central Coast or to Northern California. And I would not have pegged you for a coastal person. Um, And and that's not always a good or a bad thing. It's just, it's funny, but uh, personality-wise and manner of speaking and and all those things, it, it is different as you move up the coast from Southern California all the way up to Northern California. So um, that's, that's one thing that I found so interesting after knowing you uh, for quite a while, when you mentioned that you were originally from Monterey, it it, uh, surprised me, but then it didn't. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's an interesting place. Um, You know, growing up there, you have the aquarium, the parks. Um, My grandmother used to keep us busy. My grandmother and my grandfather and my mom and she, baseball, uh, you know, just a lot of things. But I will tell you a funny story. When I went to, I took, uh, you know, my wife there for the first time and she was just like, okay, where are we going? Why? And I was like, you're going to love it. It's a nice place where you can kind of relax, get away for a little bit. Uh, so we go, we go to the wharf there, Monterey Wharf and um, the Fisherman's Wharf. And <laughs> she has clam chowder and she's like, oh my gosh, you lived here? And I was like, yeah. I was like, this was home. And we walked around, went to Cannery Row and she's just oh my gosh, I love the clam chowder. And this is the first time she had it. And uh, just amazing. And she she just couldn't believe it. Everybody was stopping to talk to her like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, wait, they look at me and they say hi. They don't just hello and just keep walking. And she's like, that is the major difference between Southern California and, <laughs> and here. People stop and say hi and they have an interest in what you're, what you're doing or where you're from because a guy had stopped and, and told us, you know, his, his about his childhood and how he grew up there and everything was you know growing and it was it's amazing but yeah that's the story of my wife too she's like southern california and and monterey is so different and nobody's in a rush in monterey it's just relaxing (laughs) that yeah that that part is true as well and and i spent i have not spent a lot of time uh in that uh area i did travel i had a client there in, in that area and i would travel on business from time to time but um but my wife and I actually spent part of our honeymoon in, in Monterey and, um, and uh, really enjoyed it and enjoyed the people and enjoyed the, 
the climate and um, and the, the social aspects of it. So it, it is different, but it's also um, uh, very enjoyable and it has its own qualities and characteristics that, uh, that make it worthy of a trip and a visit. Yeah. Um, and so you mentioned your wife and, and um, the two of you are working hard during tax season because you're, you're both uh, professionals in the finance area or accounting, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, we, we met at work, believe it or not, Riverside County Sheriff's Department. Um, she came in two weeks after I did, and, and then I got moved to departments, and we just stayed in touch, and now we're married. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yes, it's... You know, you spend a lot of time at work and you, you end up, you know, made me some great friends and yeah, you stay in touch and you never know what happens. <laughs> well, no, and that's, that's actually, that's how I met my wife. We worked together in an advertising agency in Newport beach. And I, you know, I tell uh, both of my kids, I said, you know, most people they'll, they'll end up uh, meeting their best friends and maybe even their uh, future spouses either in college or at work, because that's when people of uh, similar interests are sort of forced together um, for long periods of time. And I know that's <laughs> what college was. And then work uh, for me has always been that way. You are, you are thrown together with people, but you have a common interest and a common goal. And that serves as a great foundation for a, for a long relationship. Yes, I agree. I mean, you spend a lot of time at work, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and sometimes driving to work and, and, and commuting. So, um, yeah. and, and I appreciate your description of that, uh, that ride uh, from Riverside to Irvine and that 91 because I've suffered that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is really a suffering. At least back when I was riding on it, it was, oh, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that commute in, in, in a little while. But, um, you know, as, as, we, as we move in to the, the next part of our discussion, um, I wanted to ask you about a couple of things, um, mainly about the community activities that you're involved with. And one of them is going to, we'll get to this after the, the, the beginning, um, one of them is, is your uh, involvement with the toll roads and transportation and, and automotive transportation and so forth. Um, but let's let's start out with other things that you're doing in the community, because I know that you um, are, are very involved with the uh, public library here in Aliso Viejo, yes. um, mainly because my wife is, a, is and our whole family are are really uh, frequent and, and dedicated library patrons. And so maybe tell us a little bit about what you, you do for the library and what your involvement is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. The fun part about the library is, like I always say, it's where community starts. Uh, so when I first moved to the Liso, that's where I was starting my volunteerism because I spent a lot of time at the library as a, as a kid. And so I, there, what we do, um, you know, the Friends of Aliso Viejo, we approve programs um, and funding for some of the community, um, the community things that we have for kids. So community events, community. Like they have paintings for young people. Um, this is pre-COVID, by the way. Um, like uh, when you know COVID's here and a lot of things kind of shut down and we don't get to do as many activities in person. So pre-COVID, we we had like math challenges, um, reading, um, you know, story times with young people, um, and, and and it's just a great environment in the library, <clears throat> and it's a, it's awesome to be a part of it. Friends, what we do, we resell used books. 
Uh, and we used to sell them for anywhere from 50 cents to a dollar and sometimes depending on the book because sometimes you get collector items you know graphic novels and things of that nature uh we sell them for a little bit more and everything that is there goes to the library we help fund the programs at the library it's it's very unique and it's a great experience when you go in and people come in and talk to you all the time because i did pre-covid i used to volunteer in there too to like run the the bookstore and it it's just amazing it's where community meets people come in and talk and you learn about them and you hear about some of their problems and what kind of books they're looking for, what kind of interesting, you know, it's, it's really a remarkable experience. And I always tell young people to get involved and and come volunteer, but that's where my start was in in volunteerism in in Aliso started right there at the library. (laughs) Well, and, and, you know, the library is, is a wonderful place for the community uh, and and for students and young people and for families and we actually when when I found Aliso Viejo and I found uh, the city by accident I was on the toll road I I'd, I'd gotten off uh, the I, actually I, I couldn't figure out where I was I'd taken the off ramp and back then in uh, 2001 there was a Super Kmart right over there in town center by the uh, toll road exit yeah and I I pulled in that parking lot I walked in and I talked to one of the folks at the front of the store. And I said, where am I? I am lost. Uh, I can't find my way back to the freeway. And they said, well, you were just on the toll road and um, you're in the city of Aliso Viejo. And I said, well, I, I am trying to get to San Clemente. W- w- how can I get on there? And they said, you need to get back on the toll road. They gave me directions, but it didn't help. I got lost. <laughs> and I pulled into a neighborhood trying to turn around and get back to the toll road and uh, pulled in this neighborhood and the, there was a house for sale. And I called my wife, and at the time, my daughter was very young, and we were interested in moving from Tustin Ranch to uh, make, just, we didn't know where exactly, but we wanted to buy a, a larger home with a yard for my daughter. And I said, I'm in the city of Aliso Viejo, and it's really cute, and there's a house for sale. And, um, and I, I looked out onto the main street on Pacific Park, and on the uh, streetlights, there were these banners, and it's, they said, uh, Ocean Breezes and Award-Winning Schools. And I told my wife, I said, this would be a neat place to live. I'm going to go into this open house and take a look. And I liked the house. I told her about it. So the next day, she came down with me, and the first thing she noticed was, oh, my gosh, the library is walking distance from this house. And, I, you know, that may have sold us on it along with everything <laughs> else that Lisa Viejo has. But I just remember that feeling of finding a home in a, in a wonderful community and a library is right there. And, and that really meant a lot to us, along with the idea that um, we would have award-winning schools that our daughter and any, any more children that we, we have could, could attend. And so um, ever since then, my wife has been a, a loyal patron of the library. In fact, uh, the, the, the librarian at the front desk um, know, knows her voice when she calls in ordering a book <laughs> or reserving a book. They know her by voice. Yeah. Um, so I am so glad to hear. And, and you know her because you've seen her in the, in the Friends uh, shop buying books or, or Christmas ornaments as we go out. <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, so, yes, your involvement there is most notable because it is a place for the community to come together. Yes. And for, for families to really learn the importance of learning together and finding and discovering books and knowledge and areas of interest. Um, so yeah. really excited that you're part of, uh, part of that 
part of Aliso Viejo. Um, but along with that now, and, and the way we, we met is uh, we both serve on the Aliso Viejo City Council. Yes. And uh, which has been a great experience. In fact, this year you're serving as the uh, the council's mayor pro tem. Yes. <laughs> and, and along with that responsibility, you you uh, have the opportunity to serve on different boards and donate your time uh, and your efforts to different uh, areas and aspects of governance. And and so I did mention the toll road a couple of times. So you actually serve on a very important uh, board, the uh, transportation corridor agencies. Um, so maybe tell us a little bit about that. Uh, it, it is a fun board. Uh, of course, it's a, it's, there's a lot of work. I am part of four different committees there, and I vice chair the, the toll operations committee. And, you know, what we do there is, number one, we have strategic goals that we that we put in place and as a board, and it has, you know, the, the other cities that are involved, other council members. And what we are doing now, we're trying to pay down the debt and just making sure we're maintaining our roads. Um, you know, we're maintaining, we're making sure the environment is, is protected where the roads are and making sure animals and, and different things are protected. And it, it is really, it is really an honor to serve on these boards because you, you're, you're learning so much about transportation and, you know, we have the 405 and the five here in Orange County, but the, the toll roads are specifically a mechanism to mitigate traffic from those roads. And, it, it's it's just great sitting down and reading through the staff reports and it, it's very interesting to me I'm, I'm i've always been interested in in transportation and just public policy in general but um serving on these on on tca specifically is it's it's very interesting i could tell you and, and you know that i know you've served on there too it's 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 quite it, it's a lot of fun um like i said there's a lot of work but the work it doesn't seem like work it's like some of those it's like the fun part and you you're reading and you're asking questions and you're understanding where traffic is going, the future of Orange County. Um, it's a great board to be on. And you get exposure to elected officials all over the region. And that's the part that I found so so fascinating uh, because how else will you be interacting with um, uh, elected officials from as far south as Dana Point and as, as far north as Yorba Linda and uh, and and all over the region, I, I found that to be incredibly helpful for me to understand public policy better and to understand governance and how governments can work and government officials can work together. Yeah, definitely. It's it's de you definitely get out of your your usual um, you know place here in Aliso, and you listen to some of the the issues or the concerns in other cities, and that makes it even more unique. Uh, it's. I, I really like TCA. That is the fun board to be on. <laughs> <laughs> now, along with that uh, particular board, which was was uh, a direct appointment from our council, I know that uh, you are involved with a very important topic uh, and a very important area um, of volunteerism, and, and that has to do with adolescent mental health. And our schools here in Aliso Viejo um, you and I have both been uh, deeply involved um, to ensure, especially now when students and young people and their families are coming out of a very difficult time with COVID and restrictions and, and uh, learning from home uh, and everything that all of these uh, circumstances uh, in, involve during a pandemic. And even your, your involvement uh, with the Wellness and Prevention Center in San Clemente, which is an organization that's providing 
tremendous support to now our schools right here in Aliso Viejo. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you got involved with that that subject of adolescent mental health and also with the uh, Wellness and Prevention Center. Oh, okay, yeah. So, well, number one, I I always try to give back to young people. I try to do mentorships and and different things. Uh, so I got involved with the Wellness and Prevention Center, believe it or not, Ross, uh, through the library. So the previous library there, Tammy, um, that we had, she knew I cared a lot about volunteering and helping youth. And she's like, hey, we're we're going to have this um, this group come in in our community center. And if you want to come in and just sit down and listen and talk and just hear what they have to say, um, it might be beneficial to you. And I know it's along the lines that you would like to work. So I was like, sure, when is the meeting? So I went and sat down and I listened. You know, there's parents, there's students, and they talked. And ever since then, I've been hooked. It's like, I, I you know, you're talking to high school kids that are, that are that have an interest in in helping their their own their own you know fellow um, classmates keep that mental health you know going and healthy and and just keeping everyone safe and in in a safe environment and so ever since then I've been part of it uh, I was asked to be on the board so I'll be joining the board because there's important work to do and 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 I enjoy that I enjoy making sure um, you know that young people are safe uh, and and. If they have any questions, I, I hope to be that role model that they can look to and say, okay, here's someone who, who can help me out or, you know, they feel safe to talk to. And um, I, I love volunteering to do that. It's, it's really important. Like you were saying, with um, COVID here and there's a lot of new things young people have to deal with, social media and, and just a, a number of things, um, it's important that they have adults and leaders there to, to help them through and show them you know, good ways to cope with different things they're dealing with in their lives. That's exactly right. And and you uh, were good enough to spend your time uh, one evening coming to the uh, the Adolescent Mental Health Panel discussion that I had hosted um, at our Aliso Viejo Ranch just, uh, just a few months ago, where the Wellness and Prevention Center um, actually participated along with other important non-governmental agencies and parent groups and and interestingly you came and spoke and you actually spoke also about the library which um, brings everything together uh, a, a great resource for for students who were feeling isolated um, a great way to learn and even to find some entertainment and so all of those things have come together your work with the library your work with youth um, and, and in our schools and and so I was tremendously grateful for your participation in that particular event. And, and most recently now, I, I understand, uh, and because I, um, I spoke with uh, the, the, the uh, te- teachers and principal and vice principal at one of our local schools at Don Juan Avila Middle School. Yes. And you were, uh, you were invited to come and speak to students because uh, of Black History Month. And for those who don't know, last year at Black History Month, um, Richard uh, authored our proclamation recognizing this important uh, month. And this year, along with um, reaffirming that proclamation, you, you had an opportunity to speak with a large group of students at uh, our, one of our middle schools. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, that was definitely an honor. Um, I will tell you, Ross, you know, you, you, when you go here, people are expecting you to speak. But a lot of times I go and, and expect to listen and learn just because you're talking to young people. So you can always learn something from them. 
Um, so I will tell you, outside of the speech, uh, just to see young people asking so many questions. I mean, there were there was questions after que- very good questions too. Um, you know, where do we? How do we improve? How do we? I mean, it it was amazing. Uh, the one thing I, I will say, like I, it was it was a little cold that day. I, I think we had that little cold stretch and it rained. I think a little bit after or as I was leaving. So that was an interesting part. But just to be able to stop and talk about Black History Month, um, helping young people to understand that it, that is part of American history, too. Uh, it's not just Black History Month. It's it's all together, the good, the bad, um, and that we're making progress to help each other um, move forward. And how they fit into that pu- picture is that they are the future. You know, they'll be taking over city councils, you know, when they grow up and they'll be doctors, accountants, lawyers, whatever they become. And I was just there just to talk to them, hear from them, and, and, and let them know why Black history is important and why it was created. So I, I was impressed with the number of questions that I that I did get back. Like I said, I spent a considerable amount of time asking questions. And even after, I was I was asked just to say something about Black History Month, some students. I think it was in student leadership, and they asked me just to say something. So I did that. They recorded it. Uh, I'm I'm always happy to do things like that because it it enriches them and it enriches me and 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 just the celebration of Black History Month. So yeah, I I love those. I I love going to that school. That's part of that's some uh, you know a different day. We'll have to get back into that the volunteerism mode because I did coach there too and 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 did some volunteer coaching there for kids running the OC. So I love going there to talk and I'm always appreciative of of being invited. Well, and, and, and middle school is an important time, um, and speaking to middle schoolers is a great opportunity um, as they're looking toward their educational future, and as they're developing as, as uh, young adults, it gives them a chance to hear many perspectives and from different people, and not just because um, you're an elected official in student government or that you're associated with our library um, or, or even with the Wellness and Prevention Center, and not just because you, you happen to be a resident of Liso Viejo who is Black, but because you have all of these perspectives and, um, and represent a, a, a number of segments of our population, it does give students a, a, a unique perspective and exposure to another viewpoint that they may not have. And, and that's why that is so important, speaking to students at that age group. But in addition to that, um, you and I both had an opportunity to speak to students at Soka University. Yes. And that is another uh, unique educational environment and an environment that has been evolving over the 20 years that they've been there, uh, right here in Aliso Viejo, right on the precipice of the Aliso uh, and Wood Canyon Wilderness Park. That school has a, a, has a, a unique position in education and, and um, they have given me a wonderful opportunity over the last 15 years to speak to students in their public policy um, curriculum and in uh, their environmental. And I know that uh, a good friend of mine, um, uh, Professor Peter Burns, invited you to speak recently. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that experience speaking to now college students. Yes, yes. So I like to say the more mature minds, they... It, at first, it started off, they were a little shy. So Professor, Professor Burns, he started off with some questions. Uh, how, I, how I lead it into it, I know he asked specifically what are some things that I might be looking at as a mayor pro tem as, as we better 
you know, better equip the future of Aliso in our streets and things of that nature. So I was like, look, if you're looking at public policy, you can look at transportation, of course, because uh, you know my interest in, in transportation. And so I went in with that, that mind frame, like I was going to talk a little bit about um, transportation and public policy and, and a little bit of um, the climate, the climate change and, and those talks. So, uh, but I, I got a lot more questions than I maybe anticipated. It was very fun. Um, the, the, the students, they definitely um, warmed up to me a little bit and we had some great conversation. And like I said, I always try to learn uh, when I go talk. So uh, got to, he did a small survey to see how many, how many of the students actually go to our town center and, um, CVS was one of the main part, you know, parts of the town center that they do go to when they do <laughs> shop. <laughs> so that was an interesting, just a, you know, very quick survey. Uh, but CVS is the popular spot. So I do know that. And yeah, we, we talked about transportation. We talked about, I was asked the most unique question, I, I think, and it was, how do you, um, how are you, how do you feel or how, how are, how do you interact with people being a black leader and, in Aliso Viejo, and that was a great question, and and one I answered, uh, and let them know that, especially knowing that the college has as foreigners, but I I stress the importance of engagement. Like I can't control what people say, what they do. I just control how I react, and I told them I always try to react with, with calmness, um, and to just provide a better light into who I am and and why you can't you know, judge me on a certain way or, or whatnot or what have you. And so we had some interesting conversation around that. And I was, I, again, I was deeply impressed with, with those students as well. And, and just to talk about policy is, is very interesting because policy has always been my thing. My grandfather was on waterboard in, um, in Monterey County there. So I, you know, just sitting down, listening to him talk and, and looking at the things that he did, it's he's always been a role model of mine. So it's always an honor to be able to talk about public policy. <laughs> and, and, you know, you gave those students um, a, a great peek into so much of what we do on the city council, but what you do as a um, somewhat new member um, of the council of a somewhat uh, younger member of the council. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and uh, as as a member who has the perspective of um, of coming from a different uh, geographic location and also from a different different ethnic group. Now, I you know, I've been going to Soka University since it since the ribbon cutting. That's when we moved to Elisa wow. Viejo and um, either hanging out there with my family or my dog, um, having coffee or breakfast with students or professors there has been a part of, of my life here in Aliso Viejo since the very beginning. Um, but at the beginning, Soka University's student body essentially looked like me. There, most of the students were Asian. And so to um, watch that culture evolve over the last 20 years, for me, has been fascinating. Yet still, um, and maybe it's my age, maybe it's the fact that I'm Asian, <laughs> but for... For um, a, a long time, a lot of the students would see me on campus and they would call me professor. And they assumed that I was on the faculty there. Um, <laughs> they didn't realize that I was just a visitor getting a cup of coffee. Um, and, and so I think that giving students um, exposure to local government and, and the, the many facets of local government, including a varied 
uh, ethnic background of its members is incredibly important because these students will go back to um, their home countries or their home states because uh, they're from all over the world and they will be able to bring with them stories of, of what they were exposed to here in Southern California. And that is incredibly important and that enriches the educational experience for students at Soka University. And that's why I was so grateful that you, you are participating now uh, in this educational process with them and also that the students get a chance to learn a little bit more about Richard Hurd and the interesting <laughs> things that he does as, as a member of our council and a member of this community. Yeah, you know, it's it's fascinating. That's that's a good way to put it. I would say, you know, it, it I always say council, city councils, water boards, that's where everything happens and I'm not I'm, I might be a little bit biased cuz I'm on city council, but that is where the big things happen. That's the that's the things that affect everyone in that community. And I'm not saying, you know, congressional or state senate or assembly members they you know, they're not important, but here, what we do is it's very important. We don't get to hide. I always say that we, yeah, as, as you, as you've experienced, you can walk down the street and someone can say something to you. And, and I know I'm just bringing up the, what you had me laughing at the other day with, with the Girl Scouts who thought, who thought um, you were me, basically. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't get to hide. We walk through the neighborhood. We, we, people see us, we shop here. We're everyday people. Um, and it's important for, for, for young people to see that too. Like I said, I've, I saw it when I was younger, and, and I know how important something like waterboard and city council is. So I always have a great respect for what we do, and I take these positions to heart. Not for, not for you know, how some people say, you know, we're never going to be on TV, but the work we do is is definitely important. So, yes, and and <laughs> and we did have that great experience. I was uh, I was flattered that they thought that I was you and I had spoken at their school and I'll, I'll let you in on a, a little secret. I didn't correct them. I said, thank you very much. And uh, walked away thinking how wonderful it is that they mistook me for somebody 15 years my junior. <laughs> yes, I, I got a real kick out of that. I was laughing. I was like, yeah, we... We do kind of look alike. I mean, <laughs> you, you might be you might be Asian and I'm black, but hey, you know, <laughs> I still <Yeah>. look alike. <laughs> it was it was flattering. Um, well, listen, I promised you that this this uh, talk would last about thirty minutes, and we're a little bit past that. Um, but I, I I also know that many more things are going to be coming out um, in the coming months and in the coming years. So um, perhaps we'll have another chance to talk. But I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Um, and I, I look forward to continuing to serve with you on uh, the city council and also in, um, in watching how much you're doing for this community through your, your personal efforts. And uh, so, Richard, thank you so much for joining the Ohana uh, podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been an honor. And, and thank you for thinking about me. And I definitely look forward to serving serving with you. I know we, we were elected, you know, I wasn't elected at the same time, but we're in the same year. So <laughs> we, we have some years to work with each other. So thank you, Ross. I really appreciate you inviting me. That's terrific. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Aloha, and welcome to another episode of the Finding Ohana podcast. I'm your host, Ross Chun, and I'm here in the Honda Studios in Aliso Viejo 
with my COVID rescue dog, Buddy. And we are lucky to be talking with a good friend and one of the founders of Wahoo's Fish Taco, Wing Lamb. Along with serving up some of the best food around, Wing has dedicated much of his time, both personal and professional, to an important cause. Wing and Wahoo's are making a difference in the community, and today we're going to hear how. Aloha, and welcome to another episode of the Finding Ohana podcast. I'm your host, Ross Chun, and I'm here in the Honda Studios in Aliso Viejo with my COVID rescue dog, Buddy. And we are lucky to be talking with a good friend and one of the founders of Wahoo's Fish Taco, Wing Lamb. Along with serving up some of the best food around, Wing has dedicated much of his time, both personal and professional, to an important cause. Wing and Wahoos are making a difference in the community, and today we're going to hear how. Aloha, and welcome to another episode of the Finding Ohana podcast. I'm your host, Ross Chun. And I'm here in the Honda Studios in Aliso Viejo with my COVID rescue dog, Buddy. And we are lucky to be talking with a good friend and one of the founders of Wahoo's Fish Taco, Wing Lamb. Along with serving up some of the best food around, Wing has dedicated much of his time, both personal and professional, to an important cause. Wing and Wahoo's are making a difference in the community, and today we're going to hear how. Aloha, and welcome to another episode of the Finding Ohana podcast. I'm your host, Ross Chun, and I'm here in the Honda Studios in Aliso Viejo with my COVID rescue dog, Buddy. And we are lucky to be talking with a good friend and one of the founders of Wahoo's Fish Taco, Wing Lamb. Along with serving up some of the best food around, Wing has dedicated much of his time, both personal and professional, to an important cause. Wing and Wahoos are making a difference in the community, and today we're going to hear how. Aloha, and welcome to another episode of the Finding Ohana podcast. I'm your host, Ross Chun. And I'm here in the Honda Studios in Aliso Viejo with my COVID rescue dog, Buddy. And we are lucky to be talking with a good friend and one of the founders of Wahoo's Fish Taco, Wing Lamb. Along with serving up some of the best food around, Wing has dedicated much of his time, both personal and professional, to an important cause. Wing and Wahoo's are making a difference in the community, and today we're going to hear how. <music> 